0: So yesterday, Jeffrey said that uh, in explaining the power restructure, he wanted to support your vision. Mm-hmm. He felt that, obviously, you needed you needed a guy you were comfortable with. You hired Ed. Why is Ed more a better fit for you than what Howie was doing? Why are you more comfortable with him? I
1: think we just tried to maximize everybody's strengths, and Howie does an unbelievable job from the contract side and cap side, and we're just moving in a different direction from a personnel standpoint.
0: But you were... He did not do an unbelievable job on the personnel side as far as what you No, I just for. think
1: we're trying – it's the same thing with our staff. Sometimes you shuffle those guys around. We're just trying to find put everybody in the right position.
2: What did you think of how he was in town? I
1: thought he was good.
2: Um, expand on you know, two years with him and whether he was able to kind of get – Jeff remarked about how you know, previously the team was built on maybe more speed guys and how obviously the teams drafted a different role. So, was he kind of getting the players, that right? felt like –
3: no, I
1: think some of that it depends on what players are available you know it, it doesn't you know you can all evaluate and say that whoever the top pick of the draft was that Sammy Watkins really talented but you don't have an opportunity to get Sammy Watkins so a lot of it also depends on where you have an opportunity to make selection so it's easy to look at it and say I mean I said it a year ago I thought Odell Beckham was the best player in the draft I was right we didn't have a chance to get Odell Beckham but you know a lot of it depends on where you're selecting so
0: have you felt that in <clears> the two years because you didn't have final say that if you had a feeling on a certain guy you didn't always get you weren't able to get that guy even if he was available
1: yeah i mean i didn't i didn't have final say so i mean you always defer
0: to who's in charge at that point i mean was that was that disappointing for you was it no those are the rules i knew those
1: those are the rules going in so
0: did you try to get those rules changed a little earlier no why not
1: that's not the way i operate I have a meeting at the end of the year every year with mr lori and i he gets my views on things, I get his view on things, and then he ultimately makes the decisions on what he wants to do moving forward.
4: Chip,
5: when you said, Chip,
3: when you, said you wanted to maximize everybody's strengths, you didn't know who your new guy was. So how did you know you could maximize your strengths
5: without... That wasn't,
1: everybody... I didn't go in with a plan saying we need to make all these maneuvers. I just said this is how I think my vision is of how this organization should be. But it's Mr. Lory's decision on what he wants to do. If he came back and said, I want to do this, this, and this, and I want you to just concentrate on that, then that's what I would have done.
3: So why wasn't Tom Gamble, who you brought in, a strength?
1: I didn't bring Tom Gamble in.
3: Howie brought Tom Gamble in. So and he wasn't a strength? Howie was
1: in charge of the personnel department for the last two years, so I didn't ma- I've didn't. i never made a hire in the personnel department or a fire in the personnel so department. So Tom
3: wasn't a strength, I assume,
4: right?
1: I wasn't involved in that.
4: You had input
1: though right no i have no input i had no input in who was hired or fired in the personnel department nor do i have it now ed's in charge of personnel i mean we've maximized everybody
0: Does so every, if, if something
1: were to go on in personnel now then that's that's under ed's domain that's what i hired him to do it's no different than i hire billy davis to run our defense i don't turn around and ask someone else you know what do you think about what billy's doing defensively our defensive coaches have a certain role our offensive coaches have a certain role our personnel department has a certain role. So. I mean, I think there's a big misconception. I never hired Tommy Gamble. I was never in a position to hire Tommy Gamble.
2: What was it about Ed that made you think that he
1: was great? You know, it was an interesting process for me. I went out for probably three weeks and visited with a lot of people, talked to a lot of people. And um, Ed was the one guy in house that I really wanted to talk to. And I actually interviewed him last. You know, to we had never really sat down. I was impressed with his work ethic, impressed with his. Knowledge, you know, just sitting in draft meetings, sitting in free agents meetings, just listening to him talk, listen to him to describe players and um, was always like, hey, that guy's really sharp. And then he was the last guy I interviewed and then the last guy Mr. Laurie interviewed. So, you know, kind of came away. I think he blew both of us away. It was like, wow, you know, I, this guy's extremely organized, extremely detailed, has a real good vision of what we're trying to get accomplished. Um. I thought he was outstanding. Chip,
3: you made two major trades. You made two major trades. Were you physically on the phone working these deals and negotiating those two trades?
1: Well, sometimes it was a speakerphone. So,
3: but I mean, what's that like? First time, you know, actually on the phone making deals. First time on the phone
1: talking to a person. It was, you know, it it was scary. I didn't know how to operate the phone itself. I mean, it's just how it's normally how you do it. I mean, we have conversations all the time, and it's not. I don't think it's. I mean. The biggest thing it's like these league meetings I said, don't peek behind the curtain because it's not what you think it is i mean it's just having a conversation who do you have what do you have what do you want to do can you accept somebody from your cap standpoint you know a lot of decisions are made most of the decisions from a trade standpoint are those decisions <laughs> you'd like to acquire a ton of players but you can't fit them in under your cap you know so it really kind of limits which teams you're dealing with how you're dealing with them and then what they're trying to give back some of them don't have draft picks you'd like to get draft picks but they may not have draft picks so now take a look at your roster who do you like on the roster
6: since we talked to you last, have you received any more phone calls about Sam Bradford? I know you said other teams were interested.
5: No.
7: Given the fact I, that, that you and Ed don't have a lot of experience in your current roles, are you leaning on on other people for whether it's trade evaluations, whether it's the, the upcoming draft, people that have been more
8: active in it for a prolonged period of time? No. <clears throat> At safety, what's the plan next to Malcolm Jenkins? That is that spot that Nate
1: Allen Well, that's, we'll go through OTAs we we'll go through the draft, we'll go through preseason camp and then figure that out Are
8: there internal options we can take this step
1: in? Yeah, that's, we'll, we'll take a look at that I mean, that's what this process is all about the offseason, you get a chance to see guys on the field what's Earl like in year three, I mean there's guys on, in, on our team right now that can certainly play that role, but it depends on where they are when you get a chance to see him through OTAs, through mini camp, through preseason camp. What
5: what's think you us through the process of what's going to happen next in the next couple of months Sam Bradford, get him back on the football field, functioning as a quarterback?
1: Well, he's back, I mean, he when we got him on a Wednesday, he was there the following Sunday, so he's been with our training staff every day rehabbing, and then uh, we get a chance to finally meet with them on April 20th, which is the first day of phase one, you know, and then it's uh, the normal process it is for anybody on our, our team, whether it's, uh, Sam's obviously new, but it's no different than what D'Amico Ryans is going through right now, so um, it's pretty detailed. I mean, it's just straightforward. What phase you one, you can talk to him, but you can't be on the field with him. Phase two, you get to go on the field with him, but there's no defense across from him. Phase three is the beginning of OTAs and minicamp, and
5: we'll go from there. What do you hope to see from him physically with the team?
1: Um, it sounds like he's on on target to be fully recovered. I just don't know exactly what day he'll be cleared to be 100. percent But I know he's running and, and uh, moving around right now. I don't. We're not allowed to be be there when any of that stuff's going on, so I, I couldn't tell you what he looks like, movement wise or anything like that. Do you,
5: notice, do you know when he'll go see Dr. Andrews to get cleared? I don't
1: know that exact date. No, I don't.
3: Have you done
1: he should be ready to go because um, his. Was uh, was done earlier than Sam, so I-, I think sometime during OTAs we'll be able to see Kiko moving around a little bit. No, team? all our quarterbacks take reps in the off season, so we don't. I don't. We never care in an OTA if if GJ Kenny or Mark or or Matt are in there. That you know, you never look up and say, Why is that guy with that guy? That's why we've we we just rotate somebody grab the snap, but that's you not know, a big deal.
5: At some point during the It's all, all, depend,
1: all dependent on what the doctors say.
3: Chip, so. it sounded like Jeffrey Lurie obviously was very fond of LaShawn McCoy. What did you have to do to convince him that it was better for the team?
1: Well, I'm very fond of LaShawn McCoy. I think we all are. But when you look at moving forward, and that was just a really big number, you know, and they weren't moving off the number, so that, that, that was where the decision was made. But I mean, you're talking about the all time leading running back. For the Philadelphia Eagles, he, he led the league in rushing two years ago. Um, it was a real difficult decision, but I, it, it was a decision we felt we had to make. We had too much money at the running back spot, so we had to move in a different direction. Did
9: you have yeah. to explain all that to Jeffrey Lurie to try to? No, he
1: understood. He's he a pretty sharp guy. But it, well, with all said
9: and done, is the money any different now? Yeah,
1: our uh, right now, it's, um, DeMarco's five million dollars this year. Uh, Ryan's two million dollars this year. And I think um, Darren's
6: 4.1, so that it? adds up to less than 11.9. So it was about the cap number this year, and you approached him about trying to get that number. Now down? Now our
1: guys talked to his agent, but I, I, I don't I didn't have I don't negotiate with him. so I didn't speak specifically with Drew, but you
6: just said yesterday that
2: um, you wanted more of a one club. You said prior that uh, you could work with anything.
1: No, I think you can. I mean, I've done it everywhere. When I was at Oregon, I had Jonathan Stewart and Garrett Blount, both 230-plus. I also had LaMichael James and Kenyon Barnard. I mean, we can work with whatever we have. It's just depending on what you want to do and how do you want to scheme it up. But I think what was available, if you if you move LaShawn, what's available? The guys that were available are one-cut downhill runners. So can they fit into what we do offensively?
4: Yeah. Jeff we talked yesterday right? about, about finding a franchise quarterback being one of the most important things as far as going from good to great. Can Sam be that franchise quarterback if he can stay healthy? Yeah, I hope so. But I mean, I'm not
1: a, I'm not a predictor guy, so I don't, I mean, I'm not gonna put a label on anybody, so.
3: With Sam, can how be- much research did you look into players, especially a quarterback who had torn the same knee twice and how productive they were able to be? I think we
1: looked place. at everybody. I mean, look at our starting receiver who had 85 catches.
3: I'm saying specifically a quarterback who's- changed. Yeah, I would say it's
1: probably easier for a quarterback with a knee injury than it is with a shoulder injury as we went through the history of it you know you know we're not we didn't bring sam to run the ball 75 times a game so i think it's a lot easier for a quarterback with an acl than it is for a receiver with an acl but you know you look at i think the the history right now in terms of sports science and what doctors are doing now is move forward it's unbelievable you know look at the year jeremy maclin had coming off of two acls you know, look at our center. Jason Kelsey came off an ACL when I first got there, was just coming off an ACL, had a sports hernia surgery in the middle of the season and still made the Pro Bowl. Our left tackle, who's arguably a Hall of Famer, is coming off of two Achilles and has played at an outstanding level. So
8: to follow up on Sal's question, is Sam to be able to participate in phase three?
1: I don't I don't have that answer right now, so I don't know exactly where he is. I haven't talked to Chris or you know, we'll take that when it comes. I don't know when his final meeting with Dr. Andrews is, but I know he's progressing the way he normally should progress you, from that you injury. Still, so I
8: know you don't deal with the but if you guys approach Sam Bradford about redoing his deal, are you comfortable? No,
1: with I, I, and if, if we, any of that is, I'm not going to discuss any current players' contracts. Are
8: contract, you so. going in with, on, a, on a one-year deal? Okay with I'm that?
1: comfortable with, yeah, with Sam as our quarterback, when,
8: Did you when reach you out, them, out to the Rams when when for you, Sam Bradford, or did they reach out to you about trade?
1: I think it was a mutual thing. You It know, went on for a couple weeks. You know, We were trying to keep Nick if we could. That was, We were trying to keep Nick. You know, it was just at the at the last second they wanted players. We were trying to get it done with draft pick, but it didn't work. It didn't work out that way. I don't know. I mean, that's it's the spring. Everybody plays everywhere in the spring, and we'll figure it out. I don't know if we add anybody, and what are their strengths and what are their weaknesses. And I mean, it's not. Playing inside receiver. You were, you well, he was a rookie, so we just wanted him to play one position and learn one position and so come in. Yeah, he can do it just like Josh can do it. You know, it's it, Riley Cooper could move into the slot for us. I mean, once you're in there, the biggest thing we do is when we get rookies in there, it's hey, you're playing one spot. Let's not put a lot on your plate. It's no different than Zach Ertz. We, you know, his package was expanded in year two than it was in year one, just because when they first get in there, it's a totally different world for them. Once they get comfortable there, you start to see him. Move around and play a lot of different spots, so I can envision Jordan playing in a lot of different spots for us. Chip,
0: most of the guys in your scouting department were brought in by Howie, not if not all. Most of them were. With Ed in charge of it now, and with Jeffrey saying that you you attack scouting with a different way that he's ever seen before, does Ed have to train the scout? I mean, is there, does there have to be changes in the scouting department or really so that they're getting your type of guy? Compared no, I to think that happens
1: had? no matter what coaches are. If you change from one scheme to another, then. What you're looking for in a player is different four three will linebackers different than a three four outside linebacker that's just that's football
0: right but he's but jeffrey Wayne Point is saying it's you're it so uniquely and so differently so i was wondering if you i think we're like very need... specific
1: in what we're looking for but i, I think our, easily transfer our scouts? guys do our guys have done a great job in that in terms of identifying it
0: so you don't see yourself making or ed making sweeping changes in the scouting department
1: no i mean that's a question for ed but i he well, you know when i hire him run it it's personnel department you go make it the way you want to make it look
9: two weeks ago you uh said that you spoke against philosophically trading way up in the draft burning resources that you needed uh, for the future if marcus Mariota didn't go like in the top five is is there a point and can you give any idea of the point where it would be reasonable to try to trade up no Evan Mathis' name has been, really, uh, has been mentioned. Well, I mean, I could deal with
1: hypotheticals all the time. I mean, give me a scenario. If he goes to 12 and it's going to cost us a seventh round conditional pick, then that would be very, <laughs> I mean, you can go through it back and forth. That's what that's what this is all about.
5: So Philosophically,
1: I want to keep all our draft picks. I think you build your team through the draft. So if you gut yourself for one year and for one guy, philosophically, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Does that mean you don't do that?
5: Yeah. Marcus Mario, the guy you like, recruited, coached. He's there, Mm -hmm. available, and you don't have to. Yeah. There's a hypothetical.
1: What do you do? I don't answer hypotheticals. So, (laughs) what's it cost, Sal? Give me a number.
5: Two first round picks.
1: Where am I going? From where to where?
5: Going up to six. Never get
1: you there. Took two first round picks to go from six to two three years ago.
8: What do you, do you consider think, mortgaging do you, the future? What, I what, consider mortgaging the
1: future, giving up your draft, like for Ricky Williams. Mm-hmm. Would I give up a whole draft for Ricky Williams? In my opinion, no.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you think Matt Mar- Mar- you said you think he's the best quarterback in the draft. Um, do you think because of that, there's no way that he drops that?
1: I have no idea. I thought Odell Beckham was the best player in the draft. He went at 12. He ended up a rookie of the year. What
2: do you think of the quarterback position
1: over in the draft? I think there's two really good ones. Two really good ones. Jameis is really good. Do I what? Do I like Jameis more? I don't know Jameis as well. Jameis is a really good quarterback. Really good quarterback. His name will go very quickly, I would imagine. But the history of the league, look at the quarterbacks that have been drafted in the top. Mark Sanchez was a top five pick. Jake Locker was a top ten pick. Gabbert went at ten. Ponder went at twelve. Quarterbacks go really fast in this league.
2: You said in Philadelphia introducing the for back then that a uh, the team made an offer for a first round pick for him that, that day. Have there been others since
0: that day? No.
6: You made changes at the running back position obviously. What about from a <coughs> scheme perspective? Are there changes you need to be... <clears throat> Excuse me, are there changes you need to make from a scheme perspective with the run game this season? No, I
1: mean, we run the same play. We run power, we run zone, we run outside zone. Those guys, Ryan and, and uh, DeMarco, both have done all those things, so they, they fit in in terms of what we did.
6: I was talking more about what worked and what hasn't worked last year. I mean, do you need to make additions regardless of the personnel, j- just from what worked from a scheme perspective? A
0: scheme? No. Will Evan Mathis be on the team next year? I hope so
7: his names come up uh, go to mountain uh, trade speculation to see are you guys actively trading him?
1: no no but i mean as i said the other day everybody on our roster is available if someone wants to call you know and we'll when if the scenario comes up and someone says i want to give you two first round draft picks for somebody then yeah we would listen i mean we traded Lashawn and and that was a very difficult decision to do but we felt at the end of the day we're going to listen to every offer we have and then you'd be crazy to say, no, this isn't going to happen or this isn't going to happen because you have no idea what you're going to get offered for somebody. Besides, was Rosenhaus
9: given permission to seek a trade again like he was last year? Yes, he was. And why there hasn't you? been anything come of that? No, not at all. Besides familiar, you
1: we felt he deserved it. I mean, I think his performance in the last two years since I've been here was exceeded what his contract was.
2: Chip, is that something that I mean, most teams generally don't do? It. Is that something that you, you feel like maybe. To bring a different approach to um, kind of giving contracts and the rest of you guys, you know, I mean, there is no imperative for you to do
1: that. There's no what? There's I no mean, imperative knew- for
2: you to, to give him. I mean, there was no reason for you to have a contract. I believe
1: you earn, earn what you do, and, and I think we all believe what Connor did uh, for us is, is exceeded what, he did, what his contract was. Are you, are
4: you I'm not going to
1: discuss anybody's contract but on <laughs> our team. Besides from
4: familiarity, Marcus, what else about uh, Kiko Alonso uh, made him a must-get for you in that trade?
1: 159 tackles in 16 games, four interceptions, played every defensive snap. I mean, just turn the tape on, and you know what type of player you are getting. Let's go
5: back to Marcus for a second, so you can understand why we're. Uh, yeah. Focus no, it's
1: it's what makes it. It's what makes sports great. I mean. You got nothing to talk about on sports radio. Let's talk about trades. And everybody's going to go, no, I just, want this guy, that guy, this and this guy. Extent, so you know what's guy. unique about it, though? How come no one asked Jim Harbaugh about trading up for Andrew Luck? Same scenario. Identical scenario. I never heard a word about Jim or you trading up to get Andrew Luck. I don't.
2: Didn't Luck man. What? I think he actually may have,
1: I think he compared, f- figure out what he said about Andrew Luck. I know how Jimmy feels about Andrew Luck.
8: at that time they They before the draft.
1: Before the draft? Like yeah. on, in January, like when you guys started all these conversations? Not January. No, but.
8: But they seemed Okay. It's just a, just a curious question.
1: Okay, I was just curious why no one talked about Jimmy and Andrew. And Jimmy's professed love for Andrew, I can tell you that. And he's right, because that guy's pretty good, too. I know, I know. So
5: getting back to the question, you yeah. can understand why we want to talk
1: to you. About yeah, and you can understand why I'm not going to answer you. Yeah, exactly,
5: right? <laughs> so you know, we've heard a lot of things about Mariota recently. He's not NFL, not leadership, and all that other stuff. Talk to us a little bit about what do you know about this player specifically? His character, his ability, his ability to step onto I
1: think everybody gets overanalyzed. You know, there's just so much time between it. And then I'll give the credit to Bruce Feldman. told me it's, it's interesting that the knock on Marcus is his baggage, is that he has no baggage. <laughs> He's an outstanding leader. Look at his one-loss record. You know, you judge quarterbacks on what their one-loss record is. You judge quarterbacks on touchdown-to-interception ratio. You judge them on all those things, and he's off the charts, and there, he's off the charts off the field. There, there was a report
0: that some executives who were talked to him didn't like the fact that he was not fiery, you know, wears emotions on his sleeve in the huddle, and that it just didn't endear to them. Even, you coach him. You, do you even evaluate that as part when you look at yeah, a you evaluate or?
1: everything when you look at him, but just because a guy doesn't yell and scream at a guy when he doesn't run the right route is – Ask any of those guys if they take Eli Manning. I don't see Eli Manning screaming and yelling at anybody, but you know, you talk about a stone cold killer in the fourth quarter. Look at how many fourth quarter comebacks Eli's had. I mean I just it's just it's the silly season. I've said it before. The NFL draft hype is the most crazy thing in the world. And they're gonna guys are gonna go up, guys are gonna go down, then guys are gonna go up. Cam Newton couldn't play. Everybody, there's no reason to draft him in the first round. All of a sudden he goes number one. I knew it. <laughs> I mean it's crazy. Chip
4: explained Philosophically, football-wise, why it's not good for teams to trade that far up using a lot of draft picks? Uh,
2: Philosophically? philosophically.
1: More players are better than one player. Philosophically. That's bottom. I mean, the history of the game. Study all trades. What set the Cowboys going forward? They traded one player for multiple players. I mean, that's just... I got a better chance at hitting. It's not an exact science to draft. You get, it's a better chance at hitting if you have more draft picks than you have less draft picks. That's basically it Is philosophically.
3: The quarterback to evaluate about player
2: that position harder to evaluate when you do those kind of
4: things? If you, if you would trade up.
1: Is it hard? I Is think
4: quarterback harder to evaluate when you're trading
3: all those picks? than another position.
1: Another No. I mean the Saints traded all the way, all those draft picks for Ricky Williams. I'm at you, tell me.
2: Are there no exceptions to that philosophy in your
1: opinion? It's a philosophy. There's exceptions to every philosophy. People used to think the world was flat, philosophically, right? Yeah. Till that guy took the boat and just kept going and it didn't fall off the edge, right? So,
2: do, you, do you feel like there's a bit in um, Bump, uh, completion percentage wise, in your scheme? with more chance for a percentage, 56, and I was with you. If Nick, the same thing. Do you feel like? Sam accurate naturally he should have that,
1: that fun. no I mean it's still all about the players I mean I can put some players in there and they're not going to complete a pass I just it's still a personnel driven you know that whole it's the system it's not the system it's still about the players it's just putting them in positions I think where you can read their strengths and read their weaknesses and trying to put them in position to make plays but I don't think so. I don't know, I really, I, and I've said it before, I didn't really study what he was doing. I also think he had maybe, you know, he had a lot of different coordinators, you know, from year to year to year. So wasn't really entrenched in a, in one system. I, I mean, I really don't, I didn't study it that way. You know.
8: He was about Max, but we didn't ask him much about what he signed. Going from a scheme where he had, well, I should say a defense where he had two Pro Bowl safeties behind him, and now he has a lot of responsibility. And legal defense. how do you project him coming over? Yeah, I
1: think that's a misconception because he didn't have two safeties behind him. I mean, they're either a a cover three or cover one, and they don't play too deep. So, you know, Cam's usually down in the box. But, you know, the one thing I think that's interesting with Byron is that because of how good Richard Sherman is, he got the scheme-wise, a lot of times the best receiver. You tried to get – everybody tried (laughs) to scheme people, and he got the most balls because you're not going to throw on Richard. So, you know, he's got a great skill set, great size, great length. Um, really smart, intuitive football player, um, benefited from really good coaching in Seattle. Pete does an unbelievable job with defensive backs, but you know, I think he also benefited again, playing opposite of Richard because he, he saw, he saw a lot, did a really good job. The other thing they did with him his versatility is he played in, he played in the nickel, you know, so he's played inside corner as opposed to just being predominantly an outside corner. So he's, he's got, uh, you know, a lot of versatility in terms of being able to move them around. Is that a way do, you can use them too? I, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways you can use them. We'll, we'll get, we won't get our hands on them until uh, the end of April, but I'm sure Billy will, will, you know, is excited to have someone like him that has that type of versatility to kind of move around. How
2: do you, you other spots,
1: Thurman? Yeah. You know, we got Thurman, Nolan, Brandon. Yeah, they'll, they'll all play it out right now. You know, and if unless we do something here later, Boykin. Yeah, unless we do something here later and. You know, if if we add somebody in free agency or the draft, and they'll compete on, on for that other spot,
0: and how and that will work how, how out. How likely are you to still make a, a free agent move now, percentage-wise, or fractions, yeah, just, or you know, I don't know.
1: I, mean, I really don't. I mean, you haven't
0: made one in a while, and guys are starting to come off the market, and now it's a, it's a different kind of market now. So yeah, just that you're trying to
1: see what the market is. There's conversations going on, but I, I couldn't say one way or the other, highly or, unhighly or unlikely. Do you think
5: you can like, you know, find find a top wide receiver in the draft? Do you think there's someone like, you know, you mentioned Odell back in last year and everything in the draft? who can
1: kind of fill in for what Jeremy did. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a talented draft class. We're still kind of putting that all together, but it's another year where there's some really, really good receivers in the draft, and I think there's probably the one position, again, that has the most depth in the draft is probably wide receiver. still La-
5: running back?
1: We felt, yeah.
6: Last offseason you talked a lot about having to beat man coverage. Is there uh, a similar theme or a focus where you look at this offseason we need to get better in this area when we make some of these personnel moves?
1: No, I mean, it actually flipped for us. We saw less man last year than we did. The year before, so I think it was a 60-40, 60-man first year and 40-man the second year, so you know, it'll probably change again.
4: Billy has sure. never seemed interested in moving Brandon to the outside. I mean, he basically said he was too small to play outside. He prefer bigger guys. Has that changed? I mean, is his thinking changed. No, I,
1: I, I think we show us what we have and what's available to us and everybody competes, but Brandon plays outside every day in practice, you know. I mean, that's something that I don't think... You know, when Brandon goes out to practice, he's not like this. Like, I don't look at what the outside corners do. I mean, he's been our second corner behind um, Fletch and Carey, and it was Nolan and Brandon. So he's always played outside. But he also, when you're playing nickel, you get less reps outside because how many reps do you have in seven on seven? If there's 12 reps in seven on seven and seven of them are nickel reps, well, he's getting all his reps at nickels. He's not going to get all, he's not going to go in with the twos and then go play outside receiver. It's the same thing with Nolan when we used him at dime. It took away from some of his reps at outside corner just because you're not going to run them on every snap during practice. But wh- whoever is the best out of that group will play corner for us. Have
0: you thought at all about moving the I mean,
2: there? That first full offseason that second year players had. Um, I'm wondering what you think about Josh Alton. What would you like to see out of him with um, his first full offseason? Where do you think he's improved? <laughs> uh, uh, all of
1: I think Josh's consistency, and the biggest thing with him is getting hurt in that preseason game. That, kind of get him, put him behind everybody and then when we got him back I think it was after the San Francisco game so we'd already played four or five games you know so he was playing a little bit of catch-up so you hopefully just to stay you know it was just kind of a a freak thing on that kickoff return Um, but contributed really well for us he's a he's an unbelievable teams player Um, so we we already know he's established there and now it's just getting a little bit more consistent and given and he'll get an opportunity now with with Matt gone so um, you know I just think like everybody you just hope that that year one to year two jump you know i we know he has the physical skills and and the mindset to do it. it's just staying healthy and getting an opportunity to show us that the move
2: to retain mark sanchez you talk about what he showed you last year how important is that position of in
1: quarterback? i think i mean quarterbacks the position in the national football league and you better have a couple of them i mean in my two years here we've we've played multiple quarterbacks in every season so um we thought he was the most attractive free agent on the market and We were really excited to be able to get him back. You know, another year in our system, another year working with him. Um, Got a tremendous work ethic. I think he he's uh, really come come along since the the shoulder surgery that set him out the whole year before that. So uh, excited to see his growth in the second year in our system. Is
3: Marcus Smith another guy you mentioned like the second year jump and everything? Like what does he have to do to kind of like take
0: that next
1: step? The same with the same thing I said about Josh consistency. You know, there's there's times he flashes, but can we get it from him on a more consistent basis?
0: Chip, I know um, in your last press conference, someone tried to ask you about why you you wanted Sam instead of Nick, and you stopped him and said, no, it's not about what I don't like in Nick. And, but you, you you did trade one for the other essentially. What what is? Yeah, but I, as
1: I said earlier, I didn't want we didn't want to trade Nick. That was really the biggest sticking point for us. We didn't want to lose Nick.
0: Right, but you did you, you didn't want to lose him. But Ultimately, you did trade
1: him yeah, you, to have get to, Sam, you have to you right? have to make it you have to make a decision of of the same thing I didn't want to lose the shot but you have to make you got to give something up to get something right so. so
0: what did you think you were getting more of for you and for your scheme by getting Sam and giving up Nick
1: you know I think when you look at Sam it's his overall accuracy that I think impresses everybody when you watch him play you
0: know do you feel like he would at his best is a more accurate quarterback then than Nick at his best oh I don't know about that but I mean just looking at where we
1: are and what we need to do I think we've we, we, we've got guys open, and we need to put the ball on them in certain situations. So. Does, he, does he move up
0: an offense faster? Going back to even Oklahoma, I mean the, the the pace that he runs with. Is uh, that was that.
1: In the- I, that wasn't. I have no idea what he did pace wise. I mean, when you watch college tape, there's no. You don't know what's going on between the plays. You're just watching one play cut to the next play. So when
8: you scattered on the him, line did you, right
4: there, uh, when you scouted him, did you just look at his pro tape, or did you go back to the Oklahoma tape?
1: Um, I didn't go back to it but I talked to his coaches at Oklahoma. So I didn't I didn't watch him at Oklahoma, but we watched every throw he made in college. So I mean every throw he made in the pros. Statistically
8: he didn't throw the really <laughs> offensive line, white right guards, what do you think of the internal
1: options there? Really excited about Allen. we we've we've been high on Allen for a long time. You know, was playing really well and then hurt his ankle at, you know, in, in the first game. So, you know, we, we always considered Allen. You know, came in the year before, did an unbelievable job when JP was out against Green Bay in a, in a real tough matchup um, You know, against a real good team in Green Bay and really did well for himself. Versatile player, um, but feel very confident in, in Alan Barbary. Yeah. I inside linebacker, when
6: D'Amico's
7: healthy, how do you envision him playing Pico and uh,
1: Michael? I, it's, I never, I, you have no idea. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen four years, four weeks from now, five weeks from now, four months from now. You know, they all may be hurt, and it may be Brad Jones and Acho. So,
0: when you make trades that you bring in Kiko, do you think about how that will affect the linebacker position? Yeah,
1: I knew we we, we knew we. Lo- I mean, our, both those linebackers. I think uh, D'Amico missed eight, and Michael missed four. So, you know, it was really we getting depth at our inside linebacker position, and getting more players. It was it was a number really something what we were striving to, striving to get accomplished in the off season. Yeah, we call everybody when that happens. So I talked to Darren. I talked to D'Amico. We've talked to everybody whenever we do that. When we draft somebody, we talk to the other guys at their position. So that's something we've always done. So.
3: Chip, were the Browns the team that offered you the number one? I'm never going to
1: discuss who we talked to in trade in trade uh, situations.
5: Yesterday,
3: Jeff, Jeff Glory said, you know, when you bring in free agents, sometimes you don't know they're gonna fit into your scheme, your system, your culture, or if they're gonna understand how things are done. You'd much rather build a team through the draft and in, in the years going forward because of that? Philosophically, yeah. Yes. So, so this past offseason, the risks involved with bringing in players, free agents and stuff like that, did you look into, you know, the personalities and everything? Yeah, you try to, you, I
1: mean, you gather all the information you can. You don't have an opportunity to meet with any of them and um, you go through all their, you know, the research that was done on them in college coming out, you know, what they were like, and, you know, you have a framework of kind of who they are, and, you know, if you have an opportunity to maybe have a play, somebody that knows them or coached them or, you know, when free agency opens, you get a chance to visit and talk with them. But, you know, that's just, for us, if you just look at it, there hasn't been a real good history in the last 10 years of drafting defensive backs at the Eagles, so you got to go acquire them in free agency, so you hope. We could draft a little bit better, so we don't have to do that when we go in the future.
9: When, when Jeffrey was talking yesterday about why he felt changes were necessary, he spoke about how esoteric your requirements are that, that you look for You understand esoteric.
5: I'm just giving you credit. You have really,
9: really specific requirements How hard is it to train scouts to do what you want them to do? Has that been a problem for
1: you? No, not at all. I think we've got a great start Is
9: it you? very different from what other people want, you
1: think? No, I think everybody has specific needs and wants that they have at their position. You know, what Seattle's looking for is different than what San Francisco's looking for. I think the teams that, that do it the best are, are getting players that fit their system. Is the risk
7: that you're on that you're shrinking the pool too much if you're looking for this specifically psychologically, this specifically uh, from a measurable standpoint, on and on, I mean, does, it scheme, does it shrink the level of talent? I mean, could that be a potential problem? How much do you think about that, and what's the solution?
1: That's a $64,000 question, but you can say, you know what, our parameters are too tight, so let's expand them, and then what you if you accept it, expect it. So if you accept that you're going to take a – five seven corner and the ball gets thrown over his head you can't say boy he should have made that play it's he ain't gonna make the play the receiver's six four you know so there's a give and take it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough deal but if you you know it's a if you take under overachievers that aren't the right size at every position eventually you're gonna have a 510 nose guard but with a 5'9 inside linebacker with a 5'8 safety and they're gonna run the ball right down your throat and you have no one to kick in the pants except for yourself because you decided to make those selections. So if if you're going to have a standard in any operation, your business, your newspaper, whatever, and say, you know what, I want a guy that's really good at this. This guy doesn't really fit the criteria, but let's just hire him anyways. And then you wonder why your business failed. It's because you lowered your standards to get to a certain point.
5: One of the things that Jeffrey Laurie talked about yesterday, he said when you guys had the postmortem on the season, you presented a vision to go from good to great, and that he bought into that. So when you plugged in the tape with your team, give us the two or three things that you said to him. This is how we can go from good
1: to great. I think we have to improve on defense. You know, overall, I think um, we gotta be better in the back end. We weren't good in the secondary. We had too many X plays over our heads. Um, offensively, we have to clean up the turnovers. You know, they were at an all-time high for any system that I've ever been in. Um, you know, so we got to make decisions in terms of being better in terms of securing the football on the offensive side of the ball and really felt like we had to get better depth at inside linebacker and in the secondary. So that's really from a, from a football standpoint, that's what we were talking about. Do
5: you, do you feel that after plugging in the tape on your defense, did you found that you needed some more physicality, a little bit more toughness on defense? No,
1: I think we're, our run defense is outstanding. So I, I, not at all. I think, I think that's a strength of our defense. I think it's, it was our pass defense that we were trying to improve.
6: The scouting so, jump, philosophy. Jump back, jump back a little bit to
2: the, um, the question of the talent pool and what the conference was like. So, is a really draft board um was smaller than um, the other teams around the league? No. There was a, um, a report out there that you guys did first round. You guys didn't have any first round grades or guys last year. Um, do you feel like uh, you have as many draft prospects each year as well?
1: No. Talking to guys that were in other programs, no. Most boards are similar. I mean, and if a guy doesn't have a first-round grade, you don't look at the board and say, we don't have enough first-round, so let's put this guy in the first round. That's what
2: I'm saying? The draft just decides.
1: The draft, the the pool is what the pool is. You can't make it. I mean, that's your selections. The presidential candidates are the presidential candidates. You're you're picking between this presidential candidate and that presidential candidate. You just can't say, well, I don't like that guy and I don't like that guy. Well, you got to pick one of them, right? Did
2: you just announce? No, never.
8: <laughs> hey,
3: Coach, I'm sorry uh, if you've been asking before, I cover the Cowboys, but can you talk about what DeMarco Murray brings, what drew you to him, uh, to your offense?
1: Obviously you just look at him statistically in terms of what he did. We faced him four times, you, you, you know what type of a workhorse back he is, but um, got unbelievable patience and vision, uh, a toughness to him, you know, uh, never really takes negative yardage plays. And then when I finally got a chance to visit with him, I think it was on either that Wednesday or Thursday after free agency started. Just you know i didn't really know what type of player he was when the first conversation i had with him on the phone i was you know just impressed with him as a as a as a guy you know and, and what his mindset is and what he wants to get accomplished and um you know really excited to add him to to our, to our was team also
3: exciting. did you get him and, and you take him away from the Cowboys because he's such an important part of them lessens them
1: no I, we never look at it that way we're just trying to acquire players and we don't say you know let's take this player over that player because it's going to make that team you know, I think I know Dallas is going to be a real tough opponent for us
4: again when we play them this year. So.
3: There's a lot of conversation in Dallas about the workload that Murray had last year,
4: and the like role, I mean, a big role that he played in that offense. What kind of thought did you give to that? I mean, I think he had 450 touches last year. And those type of, I guess, mental-type questions. <laughs>
1: yeah, we have thought with that, and that's why we wanted to bring in two running backs. So that's why we brought Demarco and Ryan Matthews in. So.
4: You described uh, Spoles last week as a Swiss Army Knife. Mm-hmm. But last, last year, you, you kind of used him as more straightforward role. I mean, you didn't move him around a whole lot. Do you anticipate maybe being yeah. more creative with him this year?
1: Yeah, we do. You know, and it's just acclimation. But also for us, you know, and a lot of times, especially early in the year, he was our only other running back. So, you know, kind of move him around and put him in a lot of different spots. You're kind of holding your breath because early, I think it was, I um, can't remember if it was one or two games worth, our third running back was Trey Burton because. Chris was injured so you know you, you gotta kinda that's why our goal in this offseason if if we move LaShawn was we wanted to bring two guys in, we want to have some depth at the running back spot and possibly carry four guys um, during the season and, and you know that that's that there's a lot of factored into that. But I think obviously in year two a lot more familiarity with what we're doing and getting acclimated in terms of what we're doing we need to get him on the field more. It
0: seems like if, you're, if your running backs are healthy you know DeMarco, Ryan and its roles that Chris Pope probably has a again a limited role that's probably I mean it's safe to say it's not going to be expanded from last year as long as everyone No that's not safe to say. Okay. So you, you, do you expect to expand his role?
1: I don't know. I mean we could get to game one he could be the only running back standing so, so I mean you're game. talking about two physical running backs and DeMarco and Ryan so you, you better have some depth you know there's a there's a, a, a style that those guys run with where they're gonna they're gonna take some hits and, and you gotta be able to have some depth when you have t- those type of guys. What, what so was, do
0: you think? Do you, do you
5: find, like, going through the whole training process, you know, recording
3: uh, free agents and stuff, do you find that's a lot like, you know? Jesus. Do you, uh, do you find that's kind of like,
5: like you know, what it was like including when you were at Oregon you know, in college and everything like that? No, because they don't
1: visit until a lot of them. The, I wish there was a visit period, but there's, it's not a, they don't really visit. You know? They're coming in and going, so it's, it's, it's a little bit different. So,
6: so there's not much from, from that experience? <clears throat> a lot of it's
1: done over the phone when you have a first you have a chance to talk to them, so. So then that scouting a real pho- short window. Sorry,
6: that scouting philosophy then that you just uh, articulated where did you develop that how was that influenced that that's how you want to do it at the NFL level.
1: Just learning from a lot of people that have been in this league for a long time and picking their brains on how you want to put things together. But philosophically I think everybody would say the same thing that they have a the guys that can't tell you what they want in a player are probably the teams that aren't successful when guys are specific and know exactly what they want. You know, then you have a chance to to fix it from an understanding, but if you don't understand what you want in a player or defensive scheme or an offensive scheme, then you never can correct a mistake because you don't even know if you're making a mistake.
8: How, how have your off moves been about talent versus how they fit into your
5: program? Like How much do you weigh those
1: two They're both They both go hand-in-hand, hand. so I don't think you can sacrifice one for the other or it, it doesn't work that way. You can have a guy that's got all the intangibles in the world, but if he doesn't have the talent to play, it really doesn't matter. And you can have the guy who's the most talented player ever, but if he doesn't fit into with the rest of the players on the team, because it's a team game, then that's not going to work either, so.
8: Can uh, 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 the, the changes in scheme he had, but, but in, in Bradford's case, similarly, he had three offensive coordinators in four years, mm-hmm. uh, didn't have a lot of offensive talent around him in some cases, when you watch each throw he made. How do you project that into What are you looking
1: I don't think you're, you're not looking – proje- I don't think we look at it as a projection. I'm just looking at what can he do and what can't he do when you're watching film because I, I, you don't know what he's asked to do. Like, I don't know what the play call is on the third throw of the game, you know, and what his progression was from one to two to three or, you know, was he told to throw it there no matter what. You just – you're watching the skill set, how does he set his feet, how does he avoid a rush, are his eyes up, how does he take a hit, how does he deliver a short ball, how does he deliver a deep ball, what's he like on intermediate throws, what's he like when he sets his feet and throws, what's he like when he gets flushed, you know, when he can't get his, his back foot down and has to throw off balance, you know, that's what you're evaluating when you're watching the tape aspect, you're not looking at it, how does this fit in schematically, you're just you're just looking at a skill set. Just two
0: years in the NFL, what have you learned about developing more specifically, you talk, do you guys think you
1: put Marcus Smith in a good position last year to succeed? Or is anything you would have handled better
0: with him? No, I mean, I think we, we do a,
1: a real good job because our guys get more reps than everybody else. But the bottom line is you have to earn your position. You know, there's not a – you don't have time when you're competing for a division title to throw a guy out there and say, hey, let's see how he develops right now. I mean, the, when the game's on the line, the game's on the line. And in in the way it broke down for us, we're one game away from making a playoff. So – you know, if, shame on us if we were just trying to, well, we didn't We didn't get a chance to win that game because we were trying to develop some younger players. I mean, that's, maybe if you're on a different team, maybe if you're in a, a team that's, you, you know, you know it's a rebuilding project and it's a one or two or three or four year deal from where you're gonna be, then it's a different mindset. But when, when we got here, it wasn't that way. I mean, we won the division in our first year. We were right in the heat of the battle last year. So, um, but I don't think from any standpoint, and I, I think it's the same thing with the players. If you just put a guy out there that doesn't deserve to be out there, then you lose the rest of your team. You know what do you stand for? You know, when we're about competition, and you earn it. You know, there's not one guy on our team that can say, you know what, I didn't get enough reps. You know, they get a ton of reps, and they get evaluated every day, and and then you your opportunity to show us what you can do to contribute. And if you show us that you can contribute, then we're going to get you on the field because you're going to help us win games. Do you feel
2: like Marcus did enough to? How do you think that play? We don't
1: we don't run as much zone read as you think we run. I, I Just cuz we hint you do, but I know. Play,
2: you
1: run. Probably less than 2 times a game. Do
2: you think um,
1: you So I to think
2: to play that will
1: depends on your personnel. I think the Seattle Seahawks run it outstanding. Yeah. And it's a real difficult play in terms of how they run it, but we I mean we I think we're maybe less than 1 a game in terms of running zone read plays, so it's not a big part of what we do. What
2: are your thoughts? So, so on you? probably
7: won't be with right. Probably not now. Thoughts the, uh, on the,
1: the second safety spot? Mm-hmm. Well, I answered that earlier with uh, Zach, but we'll see. We got some guys in house that we'll take a look at. We, there's still opportunities in free agency, and there's also opportunities in the draft, and we'll play it out through OTAs, minicamp, in the preseason.
0: Have you thought about giving Nolan Carroll a look at safety?
1: No, no one's going to compete for the starting corner spot on the other side. What,
0: what about Jalen Jalen Coach, the, uh, all the, the new responsibilities that you have is
2: finding a quarterback and then figuring out how to get a quarterback the way that you obviously did. So is that the biggest challenge that you have? I mean, specifically about that position as opposed to No, I don't
1: know. think that's the biggest challenge. I think putting together a whole team is the biggest challenge.
2: That, not, that
0: doesn't weigh more than the
1: no. others? No, it
0: doesn't.
3: Would you guys consider Jalen Watkins Yeah, Jalen's got
1: versatility, how it will all play itself out. I mean, we got a ton of time, and we have a ton of reps between now and When we got to make a decision on who's going to end up opposite Malcolm. So, um, you know, Jalen, Jalen is another guy that will have an opportunity at the safety spot.
6: What was your evaluation of how Michael Kendricks played last year and how he fits going forward?
1: Um, I thought when he was healthy, he played really well for us, but again, we missed him. I don't know if it was four or five, four games. You know, it was just the the health aspect of it was a difficult thing. And, and we were a different team without him on the field. I think he's But when he played, he played really well for us. Did you
8: say you wanted to keep Macklin? What what kept you from
0: from franchising him when you had that decision?
1: Just the the price of the tag.
0: Why, Why? You paid a lot of money for Byron Maxwell. So why was it we felt more corner important to you to, so you felt corner we over felt wide corner was a then? priority
1: position for us in terms of the questions you know what do we need to improve we needed to improve our secondary But
0: do you feel like in doing that long though long and long letting long. in doing that improving your secondary but also then not bringing back Jeremy have you weakened your wide receiver core, and was that important?
1: You can you can't pay everybody I mean that's just everybody has the same amount of money and yeah. so you got to divvy it up however you're going to divvy it up but I, we were Inadequate in terms of the money allocated defensively as we were to offensively, and we're trying to balance that out. And I think it showed in our play.
8: I would imagine with the offers you had to Mac and you had money allocated uh, to that spot to him when, when he didn't sign. How, he, how did that change your options and plans in terms of It didn't.
1: We just we didn't think there was another receiver that was in that price range in the in the free agency. So it was we were going to try to get Mac back. Felt like we gave him a real competitive offer. Kansas City offered him a lot more than we did. and we just weren't going to go that high, so.
8: See, getting the Marco, was, 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 were you able to do that because No,
1: we, we had always planned on taking two running backs, so.
8: Speaking of salary cap allocation,
2: you've talked about um, using what, what you did at Oregon at the running back position, spreading maybe spreading carries out a little more. And you may have to do it now receiver in terms of targets. We're like a macro in there. Do you feel like your system offensively um, helps you in terms of the salary cap because you don't have to pay –
1: Do I feel our system does? No, I think it's all based on what's available at the time and how do you allocate it, you know? I mean, you can philosophically say, hey, we want to pay XX and X at each position, but that's not available to you, you know? We wanted to pay our center really good money because he deserves really good money because jason's really good if somebody else was playing center we wouldn't have that much money allocated at center i think it's it really you can't look at it and say philosophically let's put a price tag on every position because number one you don't get to start from scratch and then number two just because you want to pay your left tackle ten million dollars what if there's not a ten million dollar player available to you at that position so you just got to kind of it's it's an ebb and a flow it's not a philosophical thing where you can say this or that It depends on who your players are. Right.
2: If you, have Calvary, you know, if you had,
1: yeah, you're not gonna say philosophically we want to spread it out. If you have a six-five guy that's 240 and runs four-three, you're gonna probably get him the ball a little bit more than somebody else.
2: I just think when you see stars leaving and you see what's now here, you talk about spreading the ball out. We were talking about spread. Now, what I was
1: talking about spreading the ball out is that the way those guys run the football is. I don't believe they, one of those guys is going to carry the ball 380 times. And I think it's, it, it takes a physical toll on you. That, that wasn't a salary cap philosophical, let's handle it. You know, I would. I, we ran multiple running backs at Oregon because we had multiple running backs at Oregon. If we didn't have multiple running backs, we would have just hung it on one guy. And when we had someone like LaShawn who was head and shoulders above everybody else, then he's, he's going to be the guy that's going to carry the ball and very rarely came out of the game. You know that's just that's just the nature of how it was set up when I got here. Cool, you know, LaShawn was head and shoulders above. Now, when you have Demarco and Ryan, you can distribute those carries. I would have loved to. I mean, LaShawn had the most carries out of any running back over the last two years. If we had had, if, if we could have, I philosophically you'd like to spread that out. But if you don't have that other guy, then. But
3: when, but when you lose a guy like Mackey with eighty-five receptions, you'd probably feel like you can make up some of that. You know, Josh Hoff, maybe Zach Erd's getting out. Kind
1: of how you look at it? Yeah, or what do you get in the draft? I mean, I don't, our team's not set right now, I guess is the best way to say it. You don't know what you have, so you know, we may get somebody in the draft, you're like, oh my god, he's better than I thought he was, we need to feed him, you know.
9: Having coached
4: at both levels, uh, college and boys, how much more imperative is it to have? a very very good quarterback at this level than maybe in college to be successful or is it not
1: I think it's a I mean it I think in this sport no matter what level you play you better have a really good quarterback you know depending on what system you run now what some people think is good you know it may not translate to the next level but you know, I don't see um, many teams that are that aren't successful that don't have really good quarterbacks at, at any level whether it's high school college or the pros
0: you coach it every day, and players earn his job in practice. But do you think that's different with the quarterback position? Like, do you think it's important to have a guy that you know is going to start, whether good game, bad game, and disputed, fair guy?
1: No, I think all of our guys, once they establish who they are, but they're going to win that position, you know, before you get going. But in season, we don't make many changes once we get going there. But I think everybody—the way I said it—is everybody has an ample opportunity before the season starts to to earn their playing time and to set the depth chart. We don't have a preseason schedule yet, so I'm not. We're not planning on anything, so I don't. I don't know who we're playing. I mean, I don't think that comes out for. Something you would. I don't think that comes out for a couple weeks. So. Would you try to avoid
0: that though? If you play them in the season, would you be opposed to? But I'm
1: saying we don't have. Wherever we're going to scrimmage, if we have an opportunity to scrimmage, it's going to be who we're playing in the preseason. So it'll all be based on what our preseason schedule is. We're not going to go train with a team, and then we go play the, whoever, the Baltimore, and then they go play somebody else. It doesn't work that way. It just happened that when we looked at our schedule, our schedule came out, who are, we're playing, you know, we got a chance to, that's how everybody usually does it. When your schedule comes out, you say, hey, if we want to get together, which game do you want to get together in? Let's do it with this team. And then you, you talk to them and see if they, if that's something they want to do. I mean, I think Bill did it two years ago with Tampa and us. And then last year with Washington and us because they played Washington first and they played us second. So all those get-together deals are based upon your preseason thing. So you, you got to like wait until – I do like the – philosophically I like the idea, but it depends on who it is, how it's going to be run. You know, I, I was very in tune to how Bill wanted to do it, and we had a great discussion about it. So it was something I was on board with. But
6: Coach, I don't know
1: if we're going to or not with anybody, just depending on how the preseason schedule comes out. to so. little... the
8: Patriots signed Bradley Fletcher. Can you just give your insight, your thoughts on what kind of –
1: yeah, um, I love Fletch. The ultimate competitor, works his tail off every single day in practice. Um, is a physical player. Um, played really well for us also on special teams. Um, they're going to get a, a guy that's a, a great teammate. Um, will buy into Bill's system 100%. So um, I, I think I think very highly about him. I, I, to get back to what
3: he's not finished yet, got a lot to do.
4: And a general question, just what you wanted to accomplish coming
1: into the offseason with the defense, and what do you think you've accomplished? Uh, that's still a work in progress. I mean, there's a whole component to it, so it's not a one-day thing or a two-day thing. I mean, there's still players available in free agency, and there's also uh, the draft coming up. So, you know, we're, we're, we're again, it's we're a long ways away from playing. So. You
2: mentioned Zach Ertz Do we not see the full, you know, skill set in terms of how you guys can use your
1: offense? Or do you think no, I think, he's, of I think he's still growing. You know, I think and Zach will be the first one to tell you that. You know, I know he's working extremely hard in the offseason um, at continuing to get better. So, I mean, I, I still think there's a big jump that can occur between him even from year two to year three.
2: What about Ryan Matthews? Slid to your attraction and ultimately acquiring him?
1: I think his style of running, physical uh, his speed, you know, he's got legitimate breakaway speed, he ran 4.37 at the combine at 222 pounds. Um, he's, he's also a physical player in pass protection, um, a bigger back. Um, you know, I think, you know, there was, there was a reason he was drafted where he was drafted that high in the first round, so. What's
8: much of to show you this, this offseason, this season?
1: Consistency, I just said it earlier. I mean, there's times where he's flashed, and you're like, wow, that's a great play, but got to do it on a more consistent basis.
8: Do we have the outside linebacker now?
1: Or? I don't know. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> a while ago. We're him. not playing today, so. We well, have
8: more depth now at inside linebacker. What if
1: they break their ankle tomorrow? Then we that's move I them back.
8: back. I, that's why it's, it's not a – it is a
1: hypothetical, so I can't give you an answer, and then you'll go, 27 weeks ago you said he was definitely an outside linebacker. Well, Acho broke his leg. Two other guys both have uh, Sal Manila, and they're not here anymore, and he's playing inside linebacker. And you're like, you said he was never going to play inside
6: linebacker before. So, <laughs> What went into the coaching staff changes, John Lovett, Ted Williams, and the, the QBs coach? Um,
1: well, Bill left. Right, We've but- got an offensive coordinator position. Um, and then Ted was transitioned into scouting. I think he wants to watch his son play a little bit. He's playing college football now. Um, and then we, we made some maneuvers where we had to improve our secondary. So, and Ryan important.
6: Day, what did you see out of him? Um, I
1: think Ryan was a rising star in, in, in football. A lot of people uh, understand the work he's done as the offensive coordinator at Boston College. He's got a, a real good background from Florida to Temple to BC and um, a couple of stops in between. Uh, smart, intelligent, uh, very good teacher, can really um, transfer it from the board to, to his players. You know, I've seen that in action. So i uh, really excited to have
2: him. I,
1: noticed. I didn't really see it, and I heard about it, but I was just disappointed. I mean, we gave. Trey a great opportunity. He came in on a Bill Walsh minority internship program. Mr. Lurie was nice enough to keep him on for two years, one on offense, one on defense, seeing if he could find a job in the NFL. So I hope Trey does find a job in the NFL, did, but did, we didn't—we don't have a job open.
0: Did, 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 when he makes a comment like that and says that he heard it from inside the locker room, do you feel like it's something that you needed to look into or investigate at all? No. Has it ever been brought up to you? No. In college or pro? No. Did you were you aware of the report? I guess the trade reference a study that you have more white players on your roster than other NFL teams.
1: I don't look at the color of any player. I just look at how do they fit in on our team. So I think we're in 2015. I don't think that's a something that's ever come into my mindset.
3: You brought in Tim Tebow for a workout. Do you foresee mm-hmm. bringing him in, giving him
1: a chance? I, I don't know. You know, we brought a lot of players in for private workouts. So I mean, that name just obviously people look at it, but there's been a lot of players in for private workouts, so. We're always looking at who's available and making sure if all of a sudden we have to make a maneuver, it's like, well, what about that guy, I have no idea. You know, we have a framework of what we worked him out three weeks ago, four weeks ago, two months ago. We have film on it, we can study it, so.
7: Jeffrey said that we could read a notebook's worth of information on the vision that you have in terms of integrating the system from scouting the coaches, et cetera, and the vision that you presented to him this offseason. Give us maybe just a little clip notes version of, of what that vision is and,
1: and how you see it unfolding. I don't think it benefits us to tell anybody else what our vision is.
7: Between the, at least between the scouts and the coaching staff and, and. I know that,
1: but I think I don't think that benefits anybody. Thirty-one other teams for us to say how we do things.
7: Even if it's in general generalities. I don't think it benefits
1: team. anybody mm. on the other thirty-one teams for us to say how yeah, we do things. So.
2: hmm I was you know, what kind of input you still had uh, I mean, Obviously you have them
1: unless I had input, but I didn't have final say.
2: Uh, I like
1: well? stayed out of those guys. I've done it with every guy from Oregon. I said you guys make your decisions. I had nothing to do with it. I, I specifically with any kid from from Oregon that came up, I let you know, I let our, I let our scouts and coaches do that. How's that and do and where they fit.
2: Do, you like... do I what?
8: uh, No, I think we we've picked. I think a lot of people did. How's that going to be going forward in
1: terms of those evaluations? If you removed yourself in the past,
8: obviously you're you're a final say now. How's that? How's that
1: different? I still I I, when I say I remove myself, I never told them how I felt about a player or what I know about a player because I want them to make their own evaluation of what that player is. That's what I mean.
3: Chip did if, you, if you didn't want the What's that? Didn't How want, did look? Tim
1: came in for a private workout and that's why they're private workouts.
3: Chip, if you didn't want a player, if Howie said we want this guy and you didn't want him, would you have said listen, I'm not comfortable with that player, wouldn't you? No, I've
1: on? given I give my opinion. That's all done before the draft ever happens. It's not a it's not a day of the draft. Oh my god, what are we doing? I mean it doesn't work that way.
3: It was a lot of moving parts the last draft, so things kind of kind of moved while you were, while the draft was going on. Yeah, that's
1: that's what happens on draft day. <laughs> yeah, but I mean we're prepared for all that. We go through all scenarios of what if this is there, what if that is there, what about this, what about that, and then everybody weighs in.
4: So you're okay with the picks once they're picked. Everybody's somehow.
1: okay with the picks once they're picked. They're on your team, right?
4: All right, guys, we're done.